Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Rampage Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to preview everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Rampage, Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0 pay-per-views. We have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on Wrestle culture. I don't get work dread anymore because I really like this job apart mm. from on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> but I, if you're a first time listener to this, I apologize in advance and I promise the podcasts are usually better than the next minute of your life. Before you say what I know you're about to say, can I say that I share that too? We are without the Dadley's dad today in the form of Adam Wilborn, but you will notice that the production quality is better than usual because we are braving, trying the studio ourselves, technophobes that we are. I've got my own dread, and even then, because I'm in charge of a couple of buttons, I know that it doesn't compare to what you're about to put yourself through. Indeed. Let me uh, elevate that. Um, I am contractually bound <laughs> to write and perform what has become known Somehow, as the Rampage Rap. I don't think I can make eye contact with you when you do this. Please don't. Please <laughs> don't. All right. Here comes the, uh, the Rampage Rap this week. <clears throat> I'm Michael Sidgwick, and I'm here to say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing it. Okay. Right, shut up. Sorry. I'm Michael Sidgwick, and I'm here to say, I hope Rampage is better than Wednesday. It's time for Guevara versus Tony Nice, Not Jay Lethal, so at least there's no one ease. Jade Cargill wins a 40-second squash. That's your token women's match sorted. Bish, bosh, bosh. No Phoenix tonight. What a political mess. Are FDR going to win? Are they going to touch grass? <laughs> Very good. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. Um, a very cynical rap there. There's not a rap in Adam Wilborn's brain that drops unease. <laughs> he's just he's not got it. There's not a rap in anyone else's brain that <laughs> drops unease in a <clears throat> bar. And that was a cynical rap, but I think there's a sense of cynicism fostered by Dynamite not being particularly great uh, this week. Are you any more excited for Rampage? Only because... Uh, last week's Rampage was great. Best Rampage in ages, coming at the time of, like, what now is in a, like, dynamite sandwich, isn't it? Well, at least the sandwich where the bread's stale, but the filling's really good. So maybe in an accidental um, sabotaging of dynamite, they have perhaps addressed a Rampage problem. The shows are feeling a bit more all-star. The Jade Cargill point 
is one that you made before it was even made real by AEW. And that sort of looms over this, as does the Phoenix swap and all that. But there is optimism, which I think I'll pepper in as we go through match by match. I think there is optimism to be found. It sort of needs to be good. Um, Dynamite was pretty poor. It was subpar by AEW standards. And if for nothing else, with this being... <laughs> this is a very WWE take. With it being taped... Maybe they'll sweeten the sound during the matches. Yeah. <laughs> like, in all seriousness. Do, do. Like, maybe they'll learn from one of the, the major Yay! faults. <laughs> maybe they'll learn from one of the faults of Wednesday night. Um, I'm not advocating for the SmackDown hairdryer here, but just, you know, ramp up the atmosphere if you need to. I won't judge. Yeah, please, please do that, because it was really flat, uncharacteristically flat. You are reminded um, what the crowd generally brings to Dynamite when they aren't actually that audible. And I don't, again... Blame them for that. Do you know who I want to just briefly reference here? Our very own five-star review review, uh, sort of documentarian, Kid Icarus. Uh, very grateful for his support and all he's done for the like the documenting of all those five-star reviews. It's a helpful reference point for us and people that want to request stuff. And he was attending. I saw that he was attending yeah. Dynamite. And I hope he had a blast. And I think he did. He did, he did. Like, I, I didn't see the follow-up, but I hope he had an awesome time because I never want it to come across like we're bantering off the crowds for being quiet. It's on the show to give people yes, a good time. absolutely. And when you're there live, I think it's, you're more likely to have a good time than not anyway. So anyone that, like that else that might be listening, as well as Kid Icarus that was in the crowd, it's absolutely not on you guys. And I hope you had an absolute blast seeing like Sting or whatever. Like whatever was great on that night, awesome. It just... We have to review what we see through the screen and what we saw through and heard through the screen wasn't great. Yes, absolutely. Um, again, we talked a lot about how Dynamite's Atlanta card this year was totally lacking compared to February 2020's card. And much of that has to do with the fact that a lot of the great stuff that ordinarily would just completely highlight all two hours of Dynamite is now preserved for Rampage. So hopefully the week adds up to something a lot better than it did by Wednesday. Uh the main feature, I guess, given that the two out of three falls match isn't happening because of some kind of political administrative mistake, mm. I gather. Uh, so the main thing, I guess, that's going to sell this show is the TNT title match between Sammy Guevara and Tony Nese. Uh, just before I get your thoughts on it, my only worry is that whenever something tends to absolutely bang on Rampage, I'm invariably told by someone who's been in attendance mm. that it was great or you hear whispers that get retweeted on your Twitter timeline. That kind of wasn't helping early days, was it? Because they were like, five stars, and then you're watching it. That wasn't, uh, come flat on. Four, flat yeah, four, flat four. But the fact that we're not even getting any of that is a little bit of a worry because realistically you want two matches here to be absolute bangers. Um, I haven't heard any buzz. That's not to say there isn't any, but that's another reason to not feel the best about AEW this week. For me personally, I'm expecting um, Sammy Guevara to retain, obviously. I'm expecting something akin to the Jay Lethal match where... The selling wasn't outstanding. It was good, I think, but then it was almost undermined by some of the big action set pieces. I'm expecting a total athletically driven ripper that doesn't necessarily have much depth to it, but maybe that's the best thing for this particular Atlanta crowd, given that CM Punk tried to really do a selling performance in his match. It didn't particularly get over. Maybe this match could bring the fireworks that were sorely needed on Wednesday night. Yeah, um, if only those fireworks were coming as a result of Tony Nese pointing at his abs. Yes. The dream entrance we all still Tell want. people about this in case they don't know. Years ago, um, Tony Nese on a podcast, I, I can't remember exactly where he revealed this, but he revealed, and it popped us daft in the office, that he wanted 
just one opportunity to do this entrance idea he had where every time he points at one of his abs, fireworks go off in the it's background. It's amazing. And he's got 10 of the fucking things. So, like, you'd get 10 bow- like bursts of pyro from him going, push, 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 each time down the abs. Great heel move, like, looks totally audacious. The type of stuff that would have absolutely rolled out for a Chris Masters once upon a time when WWE cared more about presentation for presentation's sake rather than for snipey comp- competitive yes. reasons. Um I hope AEW as a listening company and with their finger on the strangest of wrestling pulses sometimes that this eventually gets picked up on if Tony Nese makes something of himself. It's probably not going to be tonight, but it'd be a nice thing to to look forward to seeing once. It's no different really than them paying off like a really deep cut being the elite gag. Yes. It's the same sort of things. So it's not out of the wheelhouse to do. In terms of the match tonight, I don't want to um, put needless pressure I don't want to, like, like you know, he's he's going to hear this. We know they're listening backstage, but I don't want to put needless pressure on Tony Nese, but um, by comparing him to Brian Danielson, but he could and should wrestle like the big guy tonight. I was looking at pictures of Tony Nese before we recorded this, just because, it, just because it's a nice thing to do. He's absolutely ripped, he's jacked, and in WWE he was positioned as a cruiserweight because that company's ridiculous issue with giants. He's massive by any normal standards, and he's way bigger than Sammy Guevara. Let that be the story of this match. Sammy has shown like unbelievable main event fighting from underneath babyface fire. And how you get over Tony Nese on night one, especially in defeat, is by using that, is by using what... Sh- I'm, unless I'm completely wrong and misreading the size of these when you actually see them together. But from the brief exchange that we got last week... I'm led to believe that Tony Nice is going to look like a monster, and then he can monster Sammy Guevara. I think he's slightly shorter, but like he's much thicker. Yeah, two so C's. He can he can monster him in the match, and then Guevara can do what he's done against the likes of Miro, and just look incredible. Look like he's like showing something that you never would have imagined a slimy heel like him had, which is that that like innate intangible, as like all the sort of old fashioned wrestling heads would say, where like he looks up. And he's reaching out to the person in the cheap seats to help him through it. And yeah. he's like, I never saw this in this guy, Sammy Guevara, this kind of young punk kid that spends thousands on trainers. How is he sympathetic? And yet he is. So I expect he's also a bit of a moron on Twitter as well, which doesn't help. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know how like his work finds sympathy in the way it does, but I expect him to do it tonight. Tony Nese is going to lose, but that potentially sets up the type of wrestler he's going to be. Daniel Bryan was a underdog goat-faced, surprise technical wrestler. Brian Danielson is a killer. Yeah. Brian Danielson is a wrestling machine who looks 100 foot tall because of how he works. That's the sort of defeat. that uh, That's the kind of uh, style Tony Nese could embody even in defeat tonight. That's what I'd like out of this. Yeah, they could do some ab stuff because Tony Nese has got abs. Sammy's got the tape. He's got the, the tape, tape on the, tape the abs. Ribs. He's got his um, his midsection is uh, Miro's neck. Yes, absolutely. Forever now, that's yeah. his thing. He's really good at it as well. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely tremendous at it. Yeah, I'm expecting kind of a hollow sugar rush athletic ripper that, as I said, should actually be the tonic for what we saw on Dynamite in terms of uh, audience reactions. But we're about to preview next, in my opinion, it's just not on. Jade Cargill's got a squash against, I forget the name of Thunder Rose's student, but I suspect it won't actually matter all too much. It just isn't on. The worst thing about this match is that you can absolutely 1 million percent hear a conversation in your head that has actually happened across the Atlantic and you don't want to listen to this conversation even though it's definitely happened. At some point, Tony Khan and QT Marshall, who Tony Khan books it and um, QT Marshall assists, assists sorry, with the formatting of the show. At some point, they've said, right, okay, well, before 
the Phoenix stuff was found out, they've sat there and thought, right, or between this process, two out of three falls matches, right, okay, well, maybe we'll just do two matches on Rampage this week because it needs the time. Then one of them, at some point in the stage, either before the Phoenix um, development or after, has said, oh, people are going to complain that there's no women's match. Mm. And the other ones rolled their eyes and went, yeah, Christ, you're right. It looks bad if we don't give them a women's match. What do we do? Well, we can't take time away from the men. That can't <laughs> happen. So what do we do? Jade Cargill, 40-second squash. Well, hey, popping <laughs> open some bloody champagne. That's what's happened. Yeah. And that's what annoys me. In a way, I quite like the fact that Jade Cargill is getting these squash matches because I don't think she's winning that tournament. I'm not necessarily convinced she's winning the final, but she will have theoretical credit in the bank mm. from having won these matches. But the thing is, we've seen so many of them. What's the point? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Maybe they're building to two title losses. Um, She'll get dumped out of the TBS title tournament, but all those wins mean she's going to be higher in the rankings and she can do a TV match with Baker, and then having lost both of those, she can bin off Smart Mark Sterling, who, in my opinion, exists as this imbecile of a manager who exists to be blamed for when this Jade Cargill character, who isn't anywhere near ready yet for a title reign, can say, oh, it was his fault all along. I'm giving this more thought than they are. What am I doing? Yeah, you can't... 
you can't preview this match. You end up previewing other matches. Yeah. Because there isn't there is nothing to this. There's no meat on the bone whatsoever. Um you, we, it makes you want to think about Jade Cargill. I, I, I go both ways on whether or not I think I'm thinking it's her in a Ruby Soho final, and I kind of call it, which is good, I guess. It's yeah. unpredictable, um, but I'm not necessarily looking at the narrative implications. I'm looking at the booking long term. I'm thinking, is this the time that you end Jade Cargill's undefeated streak? Because streaks have to end, and it sometimes becomes an albatross rather than an actual useful booking tool. Yeah. So maybe losing the tournament final is the perfect way to Jade to kind of like take a first lump. It's not going to be here. It's as you say. It's going to be a straightforward squash. The obligation, as you've laid it out there, doesn't feel far from the truth. And it's kind of ugly, and that again strips away any uh, emotional or narrative investment. You are watching a formality that exists for a different and cynical reason. I love Jade Cargill. Um, I st- veer closer to Wilborn's adoration of what she has rather than I'm blinding myself to what she hasn't got. Yes. Basically, um, but. So I wouldn't have a huge problem with her winning the TBS title, as potentially dangerous as that is when she's kind of forced then to go in longer matches, because at some point you kind of have to try. Um, in the meantime, like this is still this is still what it is, an absolutely not single thing more. Yeah, absolutely. There's no point wasting another second on it, which brings us to the third and final match scheduled for tonight. Um, Phoenix is not on the show. This match, in fact, is in the can. We know it was taped on Wednesday. It has been adjusted to um, Pack and Penta L0M versus FTR in a normal tag team match because they're not squandering the two out of three falls step on what isn't the destination. Um, I mean, Pack's a pretty great substitute. Yep. The stakes aren't quite there. The investment's not quite there as a result, but I still expect this to be an excellent professional wrestling match. I can't tell if I like the detail of Pac wearing an eye patch because uh, there exists a bit of continuity in some small way it puts over uh, Malachi Black, who goddamn needs some putting over of late. He seems to be lost in that shuffle. Um, Or if it just gives them an out to beat Pac, who in doing so will go 50-50 again alongside Andrade Malachi Black. It's all part of the stew that we've talked about with my ridiculous metaphor. Um... (laughs) I'm expecting this to be great. Dax Harwood and Pac clearly have great chemistry. Better chemistry than FTR have with either of Penta or Phoenix. We're the low guys on that match at All Out, but I still think they've got, hopefully, a far better match in them for how well it was praised. Um, but I'm expecting FTR to win, to build towards the title challenge in the two out of three falls match when it does, in fact, happen, with Pac getting maybe poked in the bad eye and rolled up. I don't want to see Pac get rolled up. No, I, but I do think he's getting beat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I so this is where my optimism comes in here. I I'm more up for this than I would have been because I wasn't terribly up for the two out of three falls match. I'd lost a bit of faith in the FTR Lucha Brothers combinations. That I, like I would have watched it and I would have hoped for the best, but I wouldn't have gone in hyped. I certainly didn't foresee a title change, so they didn't have me on the hook. Yeah. For like I, I was more on the hook for seeing if FTR could still have a revival two out of three falls match yes. rather than a thinking, oh, is there going to be a title change? Are they going to take the belts? Yeah. Didn't have any of that. Like, which is what you want, really. That's the thing you should really be caring about is who actually gets the falls rather than how good the falls look and how they're performed. Um, this, on the other hand, the result feels open and shut but I'm kind of curious about the chemistry. I'm curious about what they have to do differently than what they would have done. I'm not getting a great deal out of how FTR are you are getting the best out of Phoenix. It doesn't. It's never felt like it's clicked that much. So as much as I hate the idea of Ray Phoenix not being in a match, maybe Pac is something different. This is an unknown. There's a certain um, 
WWE last minute replacement flavor to this, and they often go well. Yeah, the thing that you like hadn't given a second thought to is suddenly thrust in your face, and you're kind of like you have no choice but to take it. And then it's like, oh, pleasant surprise. And I'd rather come away with that pleasant surprise feeling about the quality of the match than the disappointment of what we've had so far. Yeah. I'd rather that be what I'm left with emotionally. So I've kind of got, I wouldn't say high hopes, but medium hopes for this one. Um, but I do think the result goes the same way. Uh, I can't decide if FTR do eye stuff because a patch is right there and they're not working their gimmick if they don't target it. Yeah. So they have to. It's, it's like willfully negligent if they don't target the eye. But I do wonder if um, Malachi Black, it's, if it's one of them AW, we gave you a finish, it just happened, the finish was cheap, run-in type things yeah. where like FTR have been working the eye so the patch has been lifted and then Malachi Black misses him again. Or something yeah. just to ex- like sort of um, expedite the fall for the sake of this match, and then build to the eventual Malachi Black Pack singles match. There's a fog blowing in on this AW mid card at the moment. It's and weird. It it's weird. In that I, we for so long salivated over this pair and this pair and this pair and this pair. And how we have arrived two months later at a series of matches I don't really want to watch. I kind of unpick this. It's basically from. I'm trying to, no, you can't unpick it, but I'm trying to decide what it actually is because it's so hard to determine what's going on half the friggin' time. We've gone from Matt Hardy versus the undercard to, I forget about him for a while. I know Jack Evans shaved his head. Thanks for that, but uh, we'll pick <laughs> we, that up. We didn't do the actual point. payoff yet. We'll pick so. that up at some point too. Cody fights the, the mid card and they yeah. try and do these, um, the worst possible attempts at deft dovetailing booking mm. where a lot of people get into the orbit. And yeah, it's just so odd. I'd love to see Pac versus Malachi Black, but I can't. It's going to be an incredible match. But ultimately, I can't decide between Pac, Malachi Black, and Andrade El Idolo. Who's the one that's meant to be getting over at the result of this? Which three of those are potentially going to go towards the TNT title picture? Do you know what the reason? disconnect between like... Nobody's, nobody's talking about rankings in terms of these yeah, matches. No. They're just happening. Just none happened. of it feels like a trajectory, doesn't it? None of it feels like I need a bit, especially not with Cody, but like none of this feels like, well, Pac's on a bit of a losing streak here or there. Like, is he, he, he can't remember at this point. He got the fall at full gear? Yeah, like Malachi Black is less over than he was when he started. Andrade's record, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, and he's only been here 10 minutes, and you should be able to hold on to that information. They used to be so good at making you hold on yeah. to information. None of this feels Sludge. like it contributes to the bigger picture. Whereas one of the nicest things to talk about in AEW is like three months, six months, nine months, yeah. 12 months after this. I don't and know I what's happening in two weeks. I can't see where any of these are going off this. I don't know where any of these are going in like two weeks' time. And it's just a disconnect because you've got Sammy Guevara, it's just an example, works the open challenge gimmick against people who you like or, or are at least very technically capable. And then it's just one and done stuff. Those matches don't really draw ratings or at least where it was all trending towards in September. Meanwhile, you've got this actual mid-card that is directionless, unfocused. You can't tell who's, like, the best. Mm. Like, you used to be able to tell who's the best. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Like, the roster's loaded enough. I like Tony Nese. He doesn't need a Tony Nese. I understand he's valuable in terms of giving Guevara experience, being a pin-eater for the clean wins. But if the clean wins elsewhere don't really mean anything anymore, why, that's... I'm starting to wonder for the first real time, like, what are we kind of doing here? Why isn't Guevara Pack like, remotely on the table? Or yeah. Guevara Malachi Black? These are, like, big TV matches that you should be doing. I understand 
it's just as bad, in my opinion, to have Malachi Black losing and then winning and losing and then winning than losing like a bigger match against like a champion. This is possibly like longer form discussion on another podcast. Have they signed too many people? Well, I'd like to think not. However, one thing when you were saying there, when you were thinking about like why is say Pack, for example, not lining up against Sammy Guevara, is one of the issues currently. This is sort of technically pre-gee fodder, and then I know we'll wrap this up because people will just want rampage talk. Is it something to do with what AEW was always so brilliant at was? Yes, it's about rankings and fighting for titles, but you're supposed to obscure that with good angles. Yeah. Is there an argument to be made that the problem is that the quality of the angles are simply not good enough that you're, that we're talking about this? If Pac, let's say Pac and Malachi Black, because we assume that's where this is going, if their storyline was something we were really sinking our teeth into, we probably wouldn't be caring that we couldn't see where they were going next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- maybe that's an issue at present. Maybe the, the stories and the angles aren't really strong enough in the mid-card that rather than us thinking for example, about MJF and Punk, we're not, right now, we're not thinking which one of them is going to get to the title first. We're thinking we want to see them fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have any of that with this mid-card blockage at present. Jungle Boy is another good example. We know that there is a there are brighter days ahead for Jungle Boy, but right now we can't wait for the Christian stuff yes. to turn up. That angle investment that was once there across pretty much everybody yeah. is not there now for a lot of wrestlers. There are a lot of wrestlers who you are not particularly bothered about the stories that are being told. There are only so many reasons you can concoct, you can concoct for a grudge feud that exists outside of a title picture that every wrestler should be pursuing. Yeah. And I think this is just the worst one of the lot that just so happens to feature some of the more talented performers. And I think it's particularly great when you consider that, like, Malachi Black's not that young anymore. Mm. Like, I don't know. It's just all a bit of a mess. Let us know your thoughts on who out of pack. Andrade or Malachi Black, I should care most about. <laughs> Let me know their bloody win-loss records. I've completely Strange forgot. Strange NXT rat race between the three it's of them. It's just absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, you can do so at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at M. Sidgwick. Once again, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Don't forget to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Got a lot um, in store for you this weekend. You get the Rampage review on Monday because we are Englishmen who work 9 to 5 the <laughs> proper way. Um, so make sure to keep an ear out for that. But in the meantime, we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.